in the mood yeah. for the sermon? Or did I get it? Pathetic outtakes. <laughs> All right, in five. Hello, everyone. It's me, your TV pal, Dave. Welcome to week two of Southside Christian Spokane's online services. I'm so overjoyed by what God is doing, and I have to admit, even a little excited to see how he's going to use all of this to glorify himself and bring thousands, if not millions of people back to a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. It's been incredible to hear how God's using you, how you're serving one another, how you're caring for those who are most at risk or who are elderly and, and those who are maybe fearful or need help getting certain things. It's incredible. So far as we've reached out to people, the tone of our church is hopeful and helpful, uh, trusting God and wanting to be used by him. We were really just thrilled and kind of blown away by our online service views last week. Um, we had a crazy amount of people get on and watch our sermon and our worship service last week. And people went to church with us all over Spokane and all over the world. We're able to get a report on it. We had people watching in Cambodia, Romania, France, Austria, Germany, Vietnam, and really the most exotic, strange place of all, the state of Florida even. Um, okay, here's some business. Our main pipeline to you over these next several weeks, I mean, who knows how long this is going to be, is our website, southsidespokane.org. Our current worship service, whichever one is the most current, will be front and center on our website at southsidespokane.org. You can't miss it. And also, we have also are going to start posting on YouTube. Um, we have our own channel, but you can search SCC 2020, and it's important that you subscribe to our channel on YouTube. YouTube, and then you'll know uh, when the latest content is up. But find us there through SCC 2020. That's where all your devices, uh, you know, default to YouTube, like your uh, game devices and your streaming devices. So use that if you need to. But it, the easiest, simple, most dependable, findable way is right on our homepage. Also on our website, over on this side, don't miss um, that there's a prayer request. If you press that prayer request and fill it out, me, myself, uh, Brenda, Pastor Jim, Colin, Ashley, Jennifer, some of our elders, 
elders and trusted Southsiders will be praying for your requests all week. Fill out a response card online if you're ready to commit to our church. Some of you are not getting my incredible, awesome emails and others each day, so fill out that response card and get on or get back on the email list. There's also a thing called the Jesus card. If at any time during the service you want to know how to invite God into your life through Jesus Christ, click on the Jesus card and let us know that you want a relationship with God. Pray that prayer uh, and we will also contact you. And then purposefully, there's this big obnoxious green button that says give. It is absolutely essential that those of us who love our church and give and are able to give during this crisis do so, just like the church in Philippi who gave out of their poverty. Press the big green give button on our homepage and then navigate to our secure giving sites at PayPal and Fellowship One Go. Uh, or if there's nothing left to do, you can get in your car and come to the church and drop it in the mailbox, in one of the secure mailboxes. Now, I'm most excited about this, um, and then we're going to get down to worship and uh, hearing from God's word, but I want to put you to work this week. One of the last things we're still able to do is to get out of our house and get some fresh air. And so I'm issuing a challenge to Southsiders. It's the Fresh Air Prayer Challenge. Now, I'm looking for runners and walkers and bicyclists and unicyclists and speed walkers. I want you guys to lead the way. When you go out and exercise every day, pray for your whole neighborhood. Pray for the houses that you go by that they'll get connected to Jesus and that they'll get connected to our church even. If you're interested in doing fresh air prayer, send me an email um, or fill out a prayer request or something like that and I will then uh, send you a list of things you can be praying for with fresh air prayer. Uh, now, today, we're going to worship God, and what we're going to try to do is get back a little bit to normal. Last week, I really addressed the crisis that was the elephant in the room, but today, we're going to get back and finish up the book of Philippians, and you're going to hear from my good friend Colin Skipper today about the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. But now... It's time to worship, so sit if you'd like and listen, stand and participate right in your homes or right at your desk or right on your phone. Um, if you're at home in your pajamas, you could even get up and sway and no one's going to make fun of you. But whatever you do, let's give our focus and give our best to God. Let's worship Jesus Christ, the King of Kings. Awesome, awesome. Southside, let's sing it out. King of kings, our wonderful Jesus, let's sing it out. In the darkness we were waiting, without hope, without light, till from heaven you came running, there was mercy in your eyes, to fulfill the law and prophets, to a virgin came the word, from a throne of endless glory. Praise the Father, praise the 
Father, we pause in this moment. We remember that you're present here with us. God, wherever we are hearing this message, wherever we are lifting you up in worship, God, you are here with us. God, we ask as we turn to your scriptures that we could find the glory of Jesus Christ displayed for us. God, we ask that you would open them to us, that you would teach us something, that you'd encourage us and challenge us in some way today, Lord. Don't let us miss this opportunity to commune with you, to hear your voice, and to be challenged and encouraged in the midst of this world to walk in the way that you've set before us. In Jesus' name, amen. 
I am so excited to be with you here today. It is going to be so great to get into the book of Philippians and actually to finish that book today. Uh, the passage that we're looking at, I just want to start actually right away by reading that passage together. I want to encourage you, if you have a Bible at home or if you have a phone or a computer, to open up the scriptures and to follow along as we go through this. They'll also be popping up on the screen, but it's really important during this time that we get into God's word to find our strength. Let's look at Philippians chapter 4, the very end of the book, verses 21 to 23. Paul writes, Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Now you may look at this text, at this passage, and kind of start to realize this is Paul giving a greeting kind of signing off his letter at the end of this long letter full of great and beautiful language about God, full of the inspired word of God through Paul writing to the Philippians. And you may look at this and start to wonder what inspiration could these verses, which are just talking about Paul greeting people that he knows and that he loves and passing on the greetings of others, what could this have for us? And especially, what could this have for us in this moment? In a time where we're probably feeling stressed and confused and fearful, when our lives are upset, when we don't exactly know what's going on or how long we'll be dealing with this, what could Paul's greetings have to teach us and what could they do to encourage us today? Well, you might be surprised. Think about it this way. Paul is writing to the church in Philippi, a church that he loves, a church that he knows well. He's writing to encourage them. He's encouraged them to unity. He's encouraged them to a closer devotion to God through Jesus Christ, to follow his example of humility in their unity together. And now we remember, as he's writing these words, just where Paul is, that he finds himself in prison. He finds himself closed off to the outside world, and in these verses, that Paul who sits alone and isolated, who sits without his freedom, without the normal life that he's been used to, he sits and communicates in love and in fellowship to the church that he loves. In other words, Paul here, he's finding a way to express his love for the church even when he can't physically be with the church. And so, does that sound familiar? <laughs> because I think in these verses, and in Paul's situation, we can find some powerful truth for us, and even for this very moment. My big idea today is that we are saints by God's grace. We are saints by God's grace. And we're going to, to unpack that, but I believe this is a guiding an encouraging fact for Christians in days of confusion and isolation and fear. I want to start by looking in depth at all of the different greeting that's going on in these verses because I think it can teach us something. First of all, in verse 21, he begins, Paul begins saying, greet every saint in Christ Jesus. And so here, not only is he greeting them himself, passing on his greetings, but this is actually a command. He's saying, I'm telling you, greet the saints in Christ Jesus. 
this letter to the Philippians would have been read publicly. Would have been, they would have come together in the church. They would have said, we have a letter from Paul, from the Apostle Paul, and we want to share it with you. And they would have read this whole letter, gotten to the end, and then heard in Paul's own words, greet one another in Christ Jesus. And so Paul here passes on his greetings to the saints. Then he goes on and he says, the brothers who are with me greet you. You see, Paul had this team that was always around him. Whenever he went from city to city to preach the gospel, to plant churches, he always had a team of men and women who surrounded him, and he refers to them as the brothers. And so here he takes the time to say, not only am I, Paul, greeting you, and not only do I want you to pass that greeting on among yourselves, but also the brothers who you know, my co-ministers, my co-laborers in the gospel, greet you as well. Third, in verse 22, he says, all the saints greet you. And so Paul, wherever he is, as he's imprisoned, the church that is there, that he knows, wants to pass along their greetings to the Philippians as well. In other words, individual Christians in the church, wherever Paul is, knew that Paul was writing to the Philippians, and they went to him and said, Paul, we want you to greet those people in Philippi from us. And so Paul passes along their greetings as well. And then finally, the most interesting one, at the end of verse 22, he says, greet all the saints, uh, all, all the saints greet you. And then he says, especially those of Caesar's household. Caesar's household. What does that mean? Well, we don't think that at this time there were Christians in the royal family of Caesar, the ultimate ruler of that time. It's also unlikely that there were any officials in his royal court who were Christians. But what this probably means is that Paul is passing on the greeting of slaves in the house, in the palace of Caesar. And remember that as these people are passing on their greetings, they're passing them on through Paul, and Philippi, which is miles and miles from wherever Paul is, receives this letter, and they receive this encouragement that even in the house of the one who is the source of all this persecution, the one who all these other people are bowing down to and being devoted to, even in that place there are believers in Jesus Christ who are faithful to him to the end. What an encouragement to this church facing persecution to know that in the halls of power there were Christians who were serving and being present as salt and light in that place. As we look at all of these different greetings going on, we see really a beautiful image of the community of the church. I want to talk about what this means, and really I want to give us some lessons for right now, for Spokane circa 2020. There are some lessons right here in this passage about who we are as the church and who we can be to one another. First of all, we see that greeting one another is important. Just the sheer importance of greeting, of being present, of making my care and my love known to you and you making it known to me just is saturating these verses. Even in this time that we live in right now, even as we are staying at home, even as we are separated, the truth is we've never been more connected in a lot of ways. We have the phone, we have text, email, social media, and so I want to challenge you, and really for some of you this isn't even a challenge, but it's what you've been doing already, which is amazing, but think to yourself, ask yourself, who needs to hear from me this week? Who is it in your community? Who is it from your church who needs to hear from you, to hear an encouraging word? You can offer to meet needs, but more often than not, all you need to do is just pick up the phone and say, I'm here for you. I'm praying for you. Can I help you in any way? Reach out. 
pick up the phone, send that text. Greeting one another is important. Paul takes time in his letter, and the Holy Spirit takes time in the course of the Holy Scriptures to talk about greeting one another in the house of God. Second, Christians have supernatural fellowship. This is really cool. The church, you see, is more than a social club. Sometimes we can fall into thinking about the church in that way, that we're just like any other organization and that we come together because we have shared interests, shared passions, because we're all looking for something in particular. But the reality is, and especially in times like this, we're reminded that the church is not like that. We can't just be a social club. We can't come together because we have some vague religious interest together. But really, we are brought together by our God in whom we believe, by our Jesus Christ to whom we are joined by faith in him. The reality is that we have bonds that go far beyond anything that we could work up for ourselves. We have bonds in the church that are supernatural, that come from God. Because we are joined to him, we are joined to one another. And so in this time, we're reminded that this may be difficult and we may be isolated, but we will ride this out because we have connections that go deeper than anything. Finally, God's people are God's people wherever they are. Wherever God's people are, they remain God's people. Christianity is so unique. Our faith is so unique in the fact that it's not tied to a particular location. We're not tied to particular places where we come together. We like to do that. It's important to gather, but we are still the church even when we can't go to church. We are the church in our homes, in our lives, in our relationships, even when we can't come together into a church. This is a vital distinction that we need to make because this is why we can do what we are doing right now. Let's not pretend that nothing is lost when we can't meet together, and let's eagerly await the day when we can come back together and celebrate being together to worship in person in the body of Christ. But at the same time, let's not pretend that we are our gatherings, that we are Sunday morning. In this time, more than any, perhaps, we need to know that church is the people who are united to Jesus Christ and therefore to one another. God's people are God's people wherever they find themselves. Let's go back into the passage. I want to go back to our big idea. We're going to see how it shows up in these words. Remember, we're talking about how we are saints by God's grace. It is God's grace that makes us different, that makes us saints. I want to unpack both of those words, but notice in the passage just how much they come up. Twice, Paul calls the Philippians saints, and the church that he's with, saints. And then also, the substance of his greeting is grace, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. So let's look at both of these words in turn. First of all, saints. In the Greek, the word saints is hagios, which actually literally means holy ones. In fact, it's even, even shorter and more succinct than that. It literally just means holies. Paul's saying, greet all the holies in Christ Jesus. But this word holy is not something that we usually want to use to describe ourselves in the world that we live in today because it might start up some weird conversations or get you some weird looks if you say, we believe we are the holy ones. I am a holy one. People might uh, not want to be your friend if you use that kind of word because it has, it's unfamiliar. And when it is familiar, it has a negative connotation. So here's another way to think about it. Saints are holy ones because they're set apart ones. The saints are those who are set apart, who are separated, who are different from the status quo. 
And unfortunately, all too often, this idea of being set apart, of being different, that is all tied up in the concept of holiness, historically, for the church, this has led to some real unfortunate ideas that being different means that we need to look down on others, that we need to elevate ourselves above others. In fact, holiness, being set apart, has so often been defined by what we don't do as Christians. And I think that's a real problem. You may have heard a phrase like this, I don't drink, cuss, smoke, or chew, and I don't go with girls who do. Well, while being set apart means that we abstain from things, that we don't do everything that the world does, that we set ourselves apart in our behavior and in our conduct, holiness also means something even deeper. It means that we are consecrated to God. We are set apart but we're also devoted to, dedicated to, separated to, consecrated to God for his purposes, for worship, for service. And when we think about that, holiness becomes so much less about what we don't do and so much more about who we are to this world, that we get to be that city on the hill, that we get to be that salt and that light, that we position ourselves as Jesus Christ did, as servants to this world, humbling ourselves and therefore calling others to see the glory and grace and love of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's saints. Let's look at the other word now, which is grace. The Greek word for grace is charis, And the grace, the concept of grace in the Bible is so important. It runs all the way through scripture, through the scriptures, this idea that our God is a God of grace. When we talk about God's grace, it refers to the gift that God gives us through Jesus Christ. And there are a lot of different ways that we can talk about what God has given us through Jesus Christ. But the first one is really the basic one, and that's forgiveness. That God, through Jesus Christ, has looked on us and chosen to forgive our wrongs against him. You see, we believe that we live in rebellion against God. And so often, when you first come to the gospel, when you first come to hear the good news, that can be the hardest pill to swallow, that I exist in rebellion against God. Well, it's not, I'm not in rebellion against him. I, I, don't, I just am not interested. I don't have any ill will toward him. I just don't believe in him. But the reality is our desire to define right and wrong for ourselves, to live our lives as we choose, to reject God's rule over us as creator, those are all acts of rebellion. And because God is our loving and generous and kind creator who has given us all things, when we reject him, we find ourselves worthy of his justice and his condemnation and his judgment. But God's grace through Jesus, who took our sins upon himself, put them to death on the cross, and now offers us new life in him, God has given us grace. That means our rebellion against God is forgiven, that we can be made right with him, that we don't have to exist in that state of rebellion against him anymore. But it also means more than that. It means restoration. It means forgiveness, but it also means restoration. We need restoration because even though we may be forgiven of the sins that we commit, we are still prone to sin. 
In fact, we're hopelessly enslaved to that sin that calls us back to that rebellion, away from our loving and gracious God who has given us forgiveness in Jesus Christ. And so we don't just need forgiveness. We need to be changed. We need to be restored. We need to be uh, absolutely transformed by the Spirit of God working within us. And so God's grace involves the idea of forgiveness, but also of restoration now that we're able through his Spirit in us to live lives of obedience to his word. And so all in all, what we can sum this up as is that grace is forgiveness, it's restoration, and it is undeserved blessing. Think about it this way. We deserved condemnation, and God didn't only choose to hold back that condemnation, but actually to give us Jesus Christ, to give us salvation, to give us hope and a future, to give us confidence in the gospel, to give us an eternity spent with him in, the, in a life eternal. And that is the substance of grace, that we deserved curse, that we deserved bad, that we deserved punishment, and God has given us his glorious blessings from above. We are saints by God's grace. And so these two ideas are really combined, that we are holy, we're set apart, we're consecrated to God as saints, and the reason that we are that is because of the grace of God that he has given to us. Remember that image that we had of all the greeting going on, of of this beautiful picture of Paul reaching out from his prison cell, being isolated, being absolutely separated from the people that he loves, but still reaching out to greet them, others greeting people through Paul? Well, the reality is that we have to add verse 23 onto this, because in verse 23, Paul actually gives us the substance, the message of his greeting to these people. Look at verse 23. He says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. If we stop short of that last verse, then we may get a nice picture of friendly people reaching out and greeting one another. We may get a nice little Hallmark card idea of community and friendship and love for one another. But if we look at verse 23, we see that what Paul is doing here is not just saying, I want to say hello, and saying these other people want to say hello, but actually that in the act of greeting, Paul is reminding this church of the grace of God through Jesus Christ. It is absolutely impossible right now in the world that we're living in, in this moment in time, to forget about this crisis that we're facing. I don't know if you've noticed this, but you can try to shut it out. You can turn off your phone. You can go hide in your room, but eventually it's going to find its way in. You can't forget about what we're dealing with right now. It's all over the news. It is the subject of every conversation that you are going to have with another human being from six feet away, of course. But it is constant. It is everywhere. You can't get away from it. We don't need help being reminded that we are in a crisis right now. And unfortunately, this constant reminder, this low hum that sometimes increases in pitch and in volume to become overwhelming, it can be such a source of stress and anxiety and fear of the future and just general annoyance. We can start to wonder, where are we going to be when this is all over? We're going to start to wonder, how long is this going to drag on? The reality is that this is going to be constant. It is going to be around us as long as it goes on. We don't need to be reminded of it. What we need to be reminded of is God's grace. We can follow the example of the Apostle Paul here 
in the way that he greets his churches in the grace of Jesus Christ, in calling them saints of Jesus Christ. We can be inspired and challenged to do the same thing for one another. We need to remind each other that we are saints by God's grace. We are saints. We are holy ones set apart, consecrated to God's purposes. That means when others succumb to fear and anxiety, we need to be the ones who are set apart, who are different. We need to stand in faith and hope in the midst of a threat, in the midst of a crisis. We need to be the ones who are serving and looking out for other people. We can't be focused only on ourselves, turned inward to care about my needs and what's going on in my life. We, as saints, as those set apart, holy, and consecrated to God's will and purpose in this world, we need to be the ones who are meeting the needs of others. We are saints, and our God is a God of grace. He has saved us from sin and death, and he has promised us that whatever happens in this life, whatever happens to you in this life, you belong to him, and you will live with him eternally. This is a message we need to absolutely drill into our brains. We need to write it on our doorposts. We need to put things in our pockets to remind us of it. We need to surround ourselves with this message that we are saints and our God is a God of grace. Whatever happens to us in this life, we belong to him. He is sovereign over all things. Jesus Christ is on the throne. And I wonder, church, Christians, Southside, can I tell you that if If Jesus isn't on the throne in this, then we have to wonder if he ever really was. We are saints by God's grace. This week, I um, stopped to call a bunch of people. A lot of you, I called a a bunch of people from the Thursday morning Bible study, especially trying to think of people who are a little bit older who might need help. And I, I was calling to ask if people needed groceries and just to see how everybody was doing. And I thought that as I made these phone calls, I was going to be this great fount of encouragement and of the Spirit, and I was just going to pour into people, and I thought I was going to spend all day talking people off the ledge and calming people down. You know what really happened? There were a couple people who needed a little bit of encouragement, but the vast majority, as I went down this list, people reminded me, Colin, everything's going to be okay. Colin, God's got this. Colin, we know what is in store for us. What can this world do to us? What threat really is there? Because we live as people of a God who loves us and is sovereign over all things. I walked away at the end of that day. I was exhausted from making all these phone calls, but I was also so encouraged and so hopeful because I heard from you, God's people, that we are going to be okay because we serve a God of grace who has made us saints by the blood of Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me? I want to ask you, wherever you are watching this, if you're at home, if you're at work, if you're on the bus, if you're watching on your phone or your computer or your TV, just to stop in this moment. Join me in prayer. If you can, wherever you are, bow your head. Focus on God. Take this moment to quiet your mind and your heart and your soul in the midst of all these things going on in our world and just to focus on the glorious grace of God. Remember who you are. 
that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again so that you could be his. That's how valuable you are to him. But most of all, remember who your God is, the one who is in control of all things and the one who has promised you that whatever happens in this world, you will be with him forever and ever. As we go to worship, let's focus on the gospel, let's focus on Jesus, and let's rejoice together in the grace of God. Oh 
church Jesus we come together in this time we lift your name high we are your church wherever we are united together let's sing it out people come together strange as neighbors our blood is one Children of generations of every nation of kingdom come. Here we go. So don't let your heart be troubled. Hold your head up high. Don't fear no evil. Fix your eyes on this one truth. God is madly. Hold on, be strong. Remember where our help comes from. Whoa, 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 Your eyes on this one truth. God is madly in love with. 
miraculous healings, that people would come to know you, people would be saved during this time, that your name would be lifted high. Let's sing it out. Swing wide. Let the praise go up as the walls come down. All creation, everything with breath, repeat the sound. All his children, clean hands, pure hearts, good grace, good God. His name is Jesus. Swing wide, all you heavens. Let the praise go souls. Thank you guys so much. Um, what an encouragement the Word of God was. Awesome job today, Colin. I hope that God brought you peace and challenge and inspiration from today's Word. Um, before we go on a little bit, I want to do something very important. There's people looking in and watching that uh, don't know what it's like to have the power of God in their life. I grew up that way, just very normal, not any kind of religion or spirituality in my life. I didn't know such a thing existed. Maybe you're watching right now and, and you've never known what it is to have the love of God flood you and take away your insecurities, to have the peace of God calm you and minister to your anxieties. You matter so much to God. 
as we're all going through this and God cares for all of us, I do want you to not miss this, that God cares for you. The guy who's watching this on the bus right now, God cares for you and loves you. The person who's been trying to keep their dog quiet the whole time, all Sunday morning watching this, and, and you don't go to church on Sunday with the family because it's just not your thing, God loves you. God loves you personally. You may have felt like you've tried religion or you've tried church and found it empty, but God loves you, and it's not about church, and it's not about rules, and it's not about regulations. Like Colin shared today, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. God wants to save us from our sins and our sinfulness through the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. Every human that's ever lived has to deal with this reality that we are separated from God by our sins and the only way to be forgiven of our sins, the only way to have a relationship with God, the only way to know that if and when I die that I will go and be with Jesus in heaven and not be punished in hell for my sins is to accept what my loving Father God has done in sending his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sins in my place. He who knew no sin became sin for those of us who were dead spiritually, dying spiritually. But I've got good news. God's not looking for do-gooders. God's not looking for people who have it all together. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son and whoever whoever, anyone who would believe would not have to die in their sins, but could have eternal life in Christ Jesus. If you'd like to invite Jesus Christ into your life with me right now, I want to ask everyone, but especially you, to close your eyes and bow your heads. And I'm going to pray a simple prayer where you can invite Jesus into your life. Would you pray with me with every head bowed and every eye closed? Pray this simple prayer if you'd like to admit that you're a sinner and that Jesus died, from the died on the cross and rose from the grave for your sins. Pray this with me and make the words your own. Repeat it after me in your home, at your desk, on your phone. Pray something like this, Father God. Pray, Father God, I believe that I was created to know you and live for you. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and that through his death on the cross, he has forgiven my sins and brought me back to God. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me, for dying for me, and for raising from the dead. Today, I give you my life and I call you Lord. If you prayed that prayer and all of God's saints right now, would you say amen with me? Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, it's essential that you tell someone if you're in the room with other people, with believers in God, it's uh, very easy to contact us on this side of our website when you close the viewing window. 
you will see the, the uh, Jesus card. Click on the Jesus card, read through what I prayed with you, and then fill out the form. It'll come to me, and we'll follow up with you and make sure that you know how to get plugged in to our church or a church in your neck of the woods so that you can start following Jesus. I want to do something else different this week. I want to pray for our offering, even though um, we're not going to have our ushers uh, you know, motorcycle through your neighborhoods and hand out the little bag that we use on Sundays. We want to take it really seriously, and we want to have a time of prayer for our offering. But remember, this week, your offering might be taking some groceries to your neighbor. That might be all that you can muster to do, but it's still an offering to the Lord. Your offering might be uh, doing something nice for someone that you don't even know who's struggling. Your offering might be hanging on to an employee a little longer or doing something that just causes sacrifice in your life. I hope that some of you and that many of you are still able to keep your commitments to give to God's church, but I believe our offering prayer is even going to be richer today because we're going to really ask every one of us, God, how can I use what you gave to me that belongs to you and put it to work for you? Would you pray for our offering this morning? And then if you feel led, send an offering to us, whether digitally or in person, uh, by dropping it off or texting or whatever, but let's really take it seriously. Pray with me. God, I'm excited to pray for our offering this week. I pray that maybe there's men and women writing checks right now, and they're thinking, God, I don't know. I, I'm having a hard time, but I know that you've called me to give my first and my best to you. Maybe someone is thinking, you know, I've got some extra food, and I know that the elderly person down the street is having a tough time getting out and taking care of that. I'm going to take them a care package. Uh, maybe someone is thinking, you know, I have wealth. I have a lot of stuff. And so while some of my other brothers and sisters can't give, I'm going to give extravagantly because God has blessed me and provided for me so much. God, in whatever way, we remember the widow in the Bible who barely gave anything, but you said it was the greatest gift and greater than all the other gifts that day in the offering. We think about someone in the Bible, the rich young ruler, who couldn't let go of his things and ultimately couldn't give and couldn't follow Jesus. But Lord, in whatever way God's people give during this crisis, may it be a blessing to you, like the Bible says, a fragrant aroma to you. May it be an outstanding act of sacrifice and love and worship to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's in your name we all pray together. Amen. All right, I want to do a couple more things. Don't miss our daily devotional on the top of our website. It's definitely applicable to what we're going through. We've tailored them as we're going through this crisis in our country and across the globe. Every morning, you'll find a new daily devotional that aims to give you peace, strength, mercy, grace, and action in this time of crisis. Um, also, don't miss the discussion guides right over here on the website if you want to use those with your family or with yourself, especially there's some kids' questions. Use those, and then we can get um, connected in God's word even deeper than this. But here's, here's a twist. If you're able, I know you might be sitting at home, and you're really comfortable. You've got your feet up. But if you're able, I want you to give your best right now. I want you to give your best because we're going to recite and pray the Lord's Prayer together. Would you follow along on the screen with me the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, hey, it was a privilege to be in your homes and to be with you today. Don't forget the fresh air prayer challenge that I gave at the very beginning of our service, the daily devotionals and the discussion guides and the offerings. But my main last words to you are this. Don't worry. Trust the Lord. Trust in the right things and treasure the right things. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit.